Hello, Dr. Ray. I'm sure I'm going to get really good advice from you. Why do I have to be the insightful profession? Thank you for empowering me. Here's what I think is going on. I think you're a hoot and a half. My idea, my theory, my guidance is a bit of a stretch. I just love your show. Does that comfort you? No. Am I close? No. You are really smart. I am sensitive and understanding and nurturing. Your show to me is like a comedy information show. Did I make you feel a lot better or what? No, you made me feel worse. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Broadcasting and bilocuting around the country. Thanks for joining me here. Doctor is in. Been around for uh, know, close 20 years now. Yeah, it was really kind of amazing that they uh, gave me my own show right out of high school. Really nice of them. If you'd like to get onto the program, simple. Ten-digit number, 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five eight seven seven fifty seven equal. That is the uh, acronymically translatable number. If you have a question about something in your life, something in somebody else's life, something in an earlier life, something in a future life, something about eternal life. Although, you know, some of that, i got to just be speculation on that because it's not been as revealed to us as we would like and we wouldn't understand it anyway. So, if you have a question about something generic, an aspect of living, psychology, emotions, all the disorders that are floating around out there now that we're concocting all kinds of them, they're kind of... Umbrella cover pretty much anything anybody can do in any kind of intensity or repetition. If you have that, give us a call. 877-573-7825-877-57 equal. I can't do therapy here, and I certainly can't diagnose, and I certainly will not step into any therapist's turf if you're seeing somebody. But we can educate, give a few ideas, a few nuggets, ponder some possibilities, Weigh some pros and cons, something that may just give you a little perspective that could that could leave you running ahead positively. Uh, good Lord permitting, I'm heading to uh, Kansas City, big men's conference there. Um, well, I'm not going to give you the, the contact numbers. Big men's conference in Kansas City. That's uh, Catholic Radio Network turf. Jimmy and Carolyn Laughlin, they run a the beautiful operation there. Known Jimmy and Carolyn for a long, long time. You stay at their house. At their house, nice, nice uh, digs they put me up in. Very kind of them. Men's conference, big men's conference there, and then I leave there on Sunday and head over to Rice Lake, Wisconsin. I don't know what big city that's close to. It's about a hundred miles from uh, <clears throat> Minneapolis. It's a three-night mission, so we'll be talking at three different Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights, and both of the contact numbers, if you're at all interested, are on my website. Not bookstore. Uh, speaking page. Speaking page. Okay? Got that. Let's say that your present teen, or <clears throat> if your kids are grown, your past teen, 
comes up to you and says, Mom, Dad, I've come to a conclusion, and I think it's something you're going to be very happy to hear. I have decided that you have a fair amount of wisdom. I've decided that you've been alive a lot longer than I have, of course, and uh, therefore, your perspectives, your morals, your directives about living a good life are pretty valuable. I think they're I think they're very workable and I think for the most part to the degree that I adhere to them I will uh, I will live better. So what I've done given all that you've told me these years I've decided that if you tell me to do something or not do something or you tell me this way's the right way or that way's the wrong way I'm going to follow it. With just one condition. If I agree with it. If I think, if I decide personally that it's worthwhile and it's good for me, then I'm going to follow what you say. Now here's the good news. The good news is, I pretty much agree with about 90% of what you say. There's about 10% that I don't. And it could be moral issues. It could be life choices. It could be anything like that. But, but mostly, Mom and Dad, it's moral issues. And if, if I agree with the morality of what you're telling me, I'm going to adhere to it. I'm going to live by it. If I don't, I'm not. Now, I think you should be very happy very happy because 90% is a very high proportion. Extremely high, isn't it? Wouldn't you think? I mean, if somebody were to told you when I was three years old that your, your teenage son is going to agree with you 90% of the time and, and live according to what you suggest and require 90% of the time, oh, would you take that percentage? Of course you would. That's pretty high. The only downside, of course, is that uh, I, as a 15-year-old, will decide what I agree with. If I find the appropriate rationale for it, or if I agree with that rationale, or if I choose to do it, I will, but but if I choose not to do it, I won't. But, fortunately for our relationship, you can count on me as a good son. Because 90%, you've been a success mother. You truly have. 90% of what you're telling me, I'm going to live by. The other 10%, I'm going to reject. Here's the question, Mom, Dad. Is that an obedient son? Now, I have put that question to many parents. Almost none say that it is. And when I ask them, why isn't it? Now, come on, 90%? Don't you want 90% adherence? They say, yeah, but he decides what the 10% is. I don't decide what the 10% is. He decides. He says 
Well, I the one I don't agree with is living with my girlfriend. All right? But every, pretty much everything else I agree with. Going to church, going to communion. Gonna, I'm even going to give 10% of what I make at work, Mom, Dad. I'm going to do that, too. And I'm going to go visit Grandma. And I'm just going to be an all-around great kid. Never have to worry about me getting any trouble with the law. But I am going to live with my girlfriend. And I'm really not sure about this abortion thing. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to do it myself. But if someone's in a really dire strait, I think you got to consider whether that would be okay. But you know, th- those are, those are just, like, it falls into ten percent. That's it, falls into ten percent. And a parent would say, well, no, no, that's not an obedient child. That's not a child who has embraced what I've tried to teach him because. He leaves that 10% up to him, which means his authority is greater than mine. The only reason he respects my authority is because he agrees with it, not because he says I have the authority, and therefore I have the experience, and I have the knowledge, and I have the proper guidance. No, it is because he personally, at age 15, agrees with it. We can see pretty clearly the problems with that perspective. Or can we? Because if you believe the surveys, at least in our society, the majority of Catholics are that 15-year-old. I really, uh, yeah, I really agree with an awful lot of what the church says about a lot of things, for sure. You got to live a good moral life. You got to be nice to people. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Got to try to kind of share with your wealth. Uh, but uh, the part about the contraception, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. And abortion, yeah, I personally am opposed to it. But who am I to tell anybody else? You know, so uh, I got my ten percent that I don't follow. You were willing to say that's not an obedient teen, or you willing to say that's not an obedient Catholic? Yeah, but come on. Most of what the church teaches they agree with. They personally adhere to it, as a matter of fact. A lot better than some of those other people, huh? But there's just things that are major inconvenient. I'm divorced, and I'm dating. (laughs) What's the problem here? Yeah, I still go to church. I still go to communion. Heck yeah. Sometimes I even go to confession. I still am going to date. So it comes down to whether I agree or not, whether it's inconvenient or not. And that's basically saying my authority is above the church's authority. Anytime I reserve to me the right to decide... However small the particular teaching or morality might be in my mind, the opportunity to disobey it, well, it's, then I'm, I'm in charge. You don't have to agree with what the church is teaching about significant moral issues. You don't have to necessarily understand it, although it would be wise to try to understand, because if you understand it, you'd probably be more likely to agree with it. But if you recognize that she speaks for Christ, then you can't say, well, you know, I uh, pretty much uh, pretty much agree with Christ and some of that stuff, but uh, there's other stuff. I, you know, I know a lot more about it than he does. You want to do that, go ahead. And I'm sad to say that I personally think that that's where the majority of Catholics' mindset is in this country. I think it's the minority of Christian mindset, to tell you the truth. Don't be a 15-year-old, huh, where the church is concerned. 
Don't be a 15-year-old. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number. Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest when you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. (laughs) It is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name, to forgive sins or retain sins, not just metaphorically, but metaphysically. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Thank you for joining me, providing a little bit of a psychological bridge between the Generation Xers and us Zers. wonder what the Ys are. like to be wise when you become a Z. Okay, let's go to uh, Lee from uh, Oklahoma. Hi, Lee. Hello. How are you doing, Dr. Ray? I appreciate the call there, young lady. Well, thank you. I I have pondered this matter, and I'm trying to figure out the differences. Maybe you can help me. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a transgender person and a transvestite? Okay. Uh, Those of you listening who have little ones who are listening, uh, I'm going to give you a few seconds here to make the proper adjustments. I'm going to do everything I can to use euphemistic talk, but at the same time, it's a subject you might not want your kid to hear about. Five, four, three, two, one. Transgender Lee is the term used to describe someone who says, I'm in the wrong body. I may look like a male. I may have XY for all of my countless trillions of cells, my XY male chromosome. However, 
my mind says that I'm really a female. And I want to be a female. Uh, I feel like a female. And that's always very questionable because what does a female feel like and how do you know what a female feels like? So they, their whole identity as an individual, they say, is no longer of the sex that they were given at conception. That's it. It's, it's a much more dramatic transformation if it's followed through. Transvestite is someone who dresses in clothes of the opposite sex, and far more often than not, it is males dressing in female clothes. In our culture, uh, the idea of a, a female dressing in more regularly considered male attire is not seen as anything unusual. But males who take pleasure of various types in dressing in female garments uh, is seen as unusual, and that's transvestite. Uh, The word trans meaning across or cross, and vestite coming from vestments. It's the same root word that vestments means clothing. How's that? Okay. Well, I, I'm really having a hard time with with that. To me, there's no such thing as transgendered if you're not able to change your DNA to the uh, male or female that you're trying to be. It just seems to me it's a different level of transvestite. It's not a different level. It is... As you say, many, many folks, even some in the professional communities, would say, yes, there can be gender confusion. Say, for example, among a a young one who says, I don't seem to be attracted to the things that are standard male, if I'm a male, or I don't seem to be um, attracted in puberty to females, if I'm a male. So that kind of confusion, uh, for many, has now become something of, I must be in the wrong body. My mind can rule over my genetics. I mean, that is, in essence, the mindset. Your, Your understanding of that, which is, how can you say, how can you deny every cell in your body, uh, many people... Right would agree with and uh, there are many who do not understand this this incredible transgender movement which has caught on so 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 strongly especially among the young and i think that uh, yes dear go ahead go ahead no i was just going to say i transgendered that's impossible unless you can change your dna you are not transgendered you just had surgery on the uh, outside part of your body well, that certainly is the perspective that many have. And they are confused about, yeah, we, we can do certain things to alter your anatomy, but we can't alter your internals. And so one of the 
comebacks to that is, well, yes, we can. We will we will make hormonal adjustments, especially before they go into puberty, before the kids go into puberty. One of the big arguments is that most of the transgender claims are minors. And many would say uh, being a child, even a teenager, is a time of great confusion. It's a time of a lot of upheaval. So for someone to say, I want to alter surgically and hormonally my body for the rest of my life, because I made this decision at age 12, is wildly inappropriate for many, for many. And, and I don't, I think, here's what I see happening. In this headlong rush to automatically affirm every minor who says, I'm confused, I think I'm in the wrong body, and I think I need all you grown-ups to help me transition out of this body and to do everything I can to transition into the other sex. It's going to come a point, I think, and it may take some years, where we're going to look back and we're going to say, we didn't weigh all the factors. We didn't look at the upheaval maybe in a child's life. We didn't look at the confusion overall with the child. We didn't look at, and there's evidence coming in now, that a, a disproportionate percentage of kids who are uh, transgender moving uh, are somewhere on the autistic spectrum. We didn't look at the uh, the uh, input, the push of social media. We didn't look at that. I'm seeing some really scary statistics, Lee. They are surveying young kids and young adults, people under 25, 28, 29. An enormous percentage are saying, I'm no longer heterosexual. I am LGBTQ. I am non-binary. Uh, I am fluid. And, and someone needs to say, okay, where are these numbers coming from? These are numbers that are unheard of in human history, at least during the time we've been doing these kinds of surveys, and they've exploded ten times. What is happening? And if we say something like, well, and here's, the, here's one of the arguments, these people are finally, because the culture's not coming down on this so hard, they are finally feeling good about coming out with their deepest internal desires and feelings. That argument doesn't seem to hold with people who are older. In other words, the people in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s who are saying, yes, finally I can transition, is a much, much, much smaller number than those under 20. So those questions, I think, need to be explored, need to be asked, uh, and, and hopefully... Well, this is interesting. I forget how many countries in Europe, most of them, the majority, I think, no longer permit uh, gender hormonal treatments and sex reassignment surgery for minors. They don't permit it. They don't allow it. That's probably a very good thing. The U.S. is rather rather alone in this of the of the Western societies. Well. That makes a point. I mean, it, they're blocking that. So, uh, obviously, someone knows that you cannot change your DNA. 
even if you have this surgery on the outside part of your body, you're still a man. I mean, if you're transgendered female, you're still a man. You still how you can't make erase bones, muscles, brain. Well, that is certainly the traditional religious perspective and teaching on that, Lee. It certainly is. Thank you for the call. When we come back, your calls, 877-573-7825, 877-57-EQUAL, Dr. Ray. Joining me here on The Doctor is in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications. Um, we had a call from Carl. Carl didn't stay with us. He had a 28-year-old son here who is having health problems. But uh, Carl believes he's these, whatever these health problems are, because he didn't stay with us, he was viewing it as a reason to uh, not pursue work, gainful employment. Carl says his wife and I are thinking of asking him to leave the house, but they're not sure if we should. And I've always said this, that this is, this is a parental decision, and much, much of the time it is influenced if, if the person is being uncooperative or or drifting, or not growing up, if you will. Much of the time, the, the, the resistance from the parents is that what will happen to this child? Well, not a child, an adult. Where will they land? What could possibly go wrong? And typically what I say is you have to ask a question. Am I helping them or hurting them by simply allowing this to continue. Are they getting better? Are they standing on their feet? Or, indeed, is this just locking in a personal style? And is there a risk? Could be. But my experience has been, part of being around a long time with these situations, is ultimately the parents generally get so frustrated and so fed up and the relationship deteriorates, that they do take action. But by that time, uh, it's gotten ugly. It's gotten ugly. <laughs> Teresa. Teresa from uh, Pennsylvania. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Dr. Ray. Um, so when I was growing up, I had an older brother who... Um, had a lot of problems. He got involved with drugs and alcohol and um, wound up being like a drug dealer. And um, he abused me in different ways. And my parents, my mom knew about it and she didn't do anything to stop it. And my mom recently got, my brother died of a drug overdose. My father passed away many years ago. My mom recently died. And a lot of these things have just, you know, resurfaced. And and talking to an older cousin, she had told me that um, my my parents had, had 
revealed to her that there were many times that they were in fear of their life when he was a big guy. Um, so I guess I don't know, like, how I know I should forgive my parents. I know I should forgive my brother. And, and I've tried so many times, and I've prayed on it so many times, but there's still this, like, heaviness in my heart that I, I don't know, that I just feel like, why didn't they do more for me? But now in light of this new information, maybe they just couldn't, and I just need to let it go, but I don't know how to do that. Teresa, what makes you think you haven't forgiven them? You said you pray for them. You said that right. you you don't have necessarily bitterness. You have a lot of questions. You said why did why did they do what they did? Why did that happen? Why didn't they protect me? That doesn't mean you didn't forgive them because you don't understand. Why do I still feel this heaviness inside of me? Like why did you know? I still have those questions. Like why? And I guess I'll never have the answers to those questions, and logically I know that, but in my heart I still feel like, you know, recently a friend of mine's son who was a drug addict died, and there's a, it brings it all up again. Anytime, like, the subject matter comes up, I just feel like, you know, he physically and in other ways abused me, because I know you have kids listening, and it's like that went on for eight years, and nobody ever stopped it. And everybody, you know, several people, you know what I mean? I just... I guess I'm, there's part of me that's still angry about it. There you go. There it I, is. It's not so much the questions. It's not so much I don't understand. It is I was terribly betrayed. I was not yes. protected. The people who are supposed to protect me, my parents, at least from what you what you know anyway, uh, surrendered right. that protection role. That's That's where your anger's coming from. But well, if you, I... well, here's one thing. How? Okay, we can't we can't snap our fingers and make you all of a sudden not be upset about this, not be in distress. I know. But what we can do is we can redirect the way you're looking at it. For example, you're thinking parents should never allow this to happen. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, they did. When you say someone should never act this way, when they do act that way, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be, right. you're going to feel betrayed. But the, the problem is, though, the reality, and once you start drifting toward this reality... Because they were parents doesn't automatically mean they're going to act right. You're you're demanding you're demanding in your mind, and and you say, well, every time I hear a similar situation, it dredges it all back up, and you know why it does? Because you draw a parallel. You say, see, see another parent who didn't act like a parent, right? Right. Of course. So if you recognize that because they were in that position doesn't mean they were going to do what was necessarily right and good. For whatever the reason. Scared. Fearful. Dumb. 
not totally yeah, understanding. Tried, yeah, but even when I tried to talk to them about it, like they would as an adult, like long after my brother had passed, and they just refused to, like, I guess, take any responsibility for it. it they was, probably felt ashamed as all get out. They know what they did. If they knew what was going on, and they turned, they did. They turned away. Then that's horrific. But you have to tell yourself, <clears throat> I didn't get to choose who my parents were. And I got parents who were capable of doing something like that. And you're thinking, how dare they? How could they? How awful that they did this to me, an innocent child. What kind of evil is that? That's what you're doing. And if you say to yourself, for reasons I have no idea of understanding, that's what they did. And I had no control over whether they were going to be protective parents or not. And once, Teresa, you start to readjust your thinking in that direction, you, you won't cling to the bitterness, the betrayal that they did. Because you'll recognize out of their weakness, out of their sinfulness, out of whatever it was, they didn't do what they should have done. I'm Dr. Ray. You've heard of The Incredible Shrinking Man, that big movie with you are tuned into The Incredible Manly Shrink. I'm Dr. Ray Garendi. Thank you for joining me. Hey, EWN has a great new thing here, news email. Through the Catholic journalism, EWTN News helps advance the gospel. That's right, teaching of the church. You can get the Catholic news, the trusted Catholic news in your email inbox. That's all you got to do is go to EWTN.com. And click subscribe, and you will get good, solid, Catholic perspective, objective, accurate news about the stuff that's going on around you. And it can be trusted. Go to EWTN.com, click subscribe. Mary's calling from Michigan. Hello, Mary. Hello, Dr. Ray. So... I'm going to give you a very short background. A family member, I'll call him Mike, married somebody. I'll call her Sue. So Mike is related to me, and the family is constantly ragging on his wife. And it's always, poor Mike, poor Mike, poor Mike, poor Mike, poor Mike. He's got to put up with that she-witch, huh? Yeah. So... The the issue is I've never had an issue. Of course, I don't live in the marriage. But then I found out through another family member that Mike has substance abuse issues, which explains why Sue is the way she is. Don't and they know that? Yes, but they won't. So the problem is... Well, Mike is their boy and Sue's an in-law. Sue's an in-law. Yeah. The problem is, is it's poor Mike to every other member of the family, 
And, for example, my mother was saying, poor Mike, poor Mike. Well, I found out. So I was, t- I was told what happened, which is very interesting because just a couple weeks ago. Mary, Mike is a I son. Asked, Mary, Mike is a son or a brother, right? Mike, no, 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 no. Mike is a family member, and not in my immediate family. Oh, okay. Cousin or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, given that, everybody's okay. got their opinion that Mike has married this woman that is just making his life miserable. Um, exactly. And for whatever the reason, they don't want to see the whole picture. Not that it's any of their business to see the whole picture, but they've just decided to be intrusive about this and have all their strong opinions. And does the daughter-in-law, son-in-law, cousin-in-law, whatever she is, uh, does she see, does she does she get uh, hit with all their criticisms and their their ugliness toward her? She knows it. Uh, yeah, there's been there's been family fallout, mm-hmm. but the pro- so this is this, this is well. How is okay? Is, yeah, Mary. Question: How's this your concern? Because um, when, for example, my mom was. Poor Mike, poor Mike, poor Mike. I like to say, do you know the true story? But I, I'd like to stick up for her, but I can't because I was told this in confidence. So what do I do? Just well, you, you let be everybody vague. rally against no, her? No, you be vague. You say, you know, we're not in the middle of that marriage. We don't know what all is going on. Which is something I did, and it was, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I said, well... Yeah, it's you don't have to tell him what you mean. I brought it up. You don't have to tell him what you mean. Because my husband, because my husband and I actually brought it up to another member of his immediate family. Bad move. I, 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 yeah, outright bad move, Mary. Hi, bad move. Bad move. You're getting specifics. Hey, he's got a drug problem. No, you don't need to do that because you you don't know that exactly the details and you heard it secondhand. I think you're very solid, one, not getting involved with all the boo birds, and two, mm-hmm. saying, well, all I know is I've had enough experience in my life that you generally don't know everything that's going on in that marriage. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, what do you know that we don't okay. know? I'm not saying I know anything you don't know. All I'm saying is I recognize that you can't know everything. So I say, don't don't get hooked into them. And I just feel bad because she's being yeah she's being maligned when she's not. Yeah. Well, then maybe you could somehow befriend her a little bit, you know. But watch out though. I mean, she'll you got to be careful there because she she'll have one ally and that'll be you. And then pretty soon you're going to start hearing all kinds of stuff and you don't want to get in that position either. Right. Okay. So be careful, my dear. All right. Thanks, Thanks Mary. All right, honey. Bye. Oh man, you hear what I did? You hear what I just did? Oh, don't send me an email. I said, "All right, honey." People say, "Don't do that." What do you mean, "Don't do that"? You know, it used to be okay, but now it's not okay. You know why? Because a whole bunch of people with that attitude told you that's not the way you're supposed to talk, and so all of a sudden you're supposed to stop talking that way. Well, that's demeaning to women. How? I had somebody say, "Was I was at a restaurant last night, and um, waitress was seems like a very pleasant young lady and." I said, I said, thank you. She goes, you're welcome, baby. 
Now, she said that about four times. You think I was prickly enough to go, I'm not a baby. No, it was sweet. It was nice. I was going out to EWTN a lot. And typically at the airport there in Birmingham, you got you got the southern folks. They got southern folks got a way of saying things. And there's this one ticket lady that I get to see every time I go down there. She's always she's always she says to me, "Hey, sweetie, how are you?" That's what she does. Like, ah, don't call me sweetie. I'm a man. Oh, come on. Okay, show you how extreme that gets. This was years ago. I was walking down the hall at a mental health center where I was working, and two of my colleagues were coming from the other direction. They were female colleagues. Can I say female? Because that's got male in it. I don't know if you, you know, who wants to have like their second syllable of an adjective description have male in it. And I said, hi, ladies. The one immediately said, with, with a bit of venom, and I see ladies here. In other words, I, 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 I guess I wasn't supposed to say that. So I kept walking, but it was everything I could to not say, okay, sorry, estrogen Americans. <sighs> All right, Dr. Ray, 877-57-EQUAL. You want to call in? We got uh, one more segment, and uh, who knows? You could get picked. At K. Roos Jewelry, you're more than a number. Tony K. Roos, a master diamond setter with 45 years of experience, will take the time to listen to your jewelry design idea and work to create the perfect custom engagement ring, anniversary gift, or even do complex repairs. You can expect heirloom quality jewelry that will shine for generations to come. Visit K. Roos Jewelry at 504 Main Street in Belleville next to T-Mobile or call 734-444-2323. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is a literally and wholly present body and blood, soul and divinity under the appearances of bread and wine. Feeding 5,000 from a boy's five barley loaves and two fish as recorded in John chapter 6 is quite a miracle. Yet the next day, Jesus downplays it in verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Likewise, God's provision of manna to the Israelites in the desert was also a great miracle. Yet Jesus similarly downplays it in verse 49. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus is clearly stating that his Eucharist is greater than both of these amazing miracles, and the Catholic Church absolutely takes him at his word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org. Greetings, brothers in Christ. I'm Bishop Earl Boyer, inviting you to the Accept the Challenge Catholic Men's Conference on March 16th at the Gervin Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. We've lined up incredible nationally renowned speakers, Justin Fatika, Doug Barry, and our very own Father Joe Krupp. There will also be Mass, Confessions, and a wide variety of Catholic ministries to help you grow as a man of God. Visit AcceptTheChallenge.org to register today. Well, there's a lot of ways to hide behind 
a lack of popularity. Which I got to admit, I'm tempted to do. But I think it's just fair as I'm beginning to make a comeback. I think I've got a chance. I'm not in the top ten anymore. But uh, there for a while, I dominated the humility competition. Yeah, my humility is what made me great. And I was going to uh, admit uh, that that the lines are open. We don't have a call there unless I just I just saw the cursor go up, so we may have a call coming in. Uh, but I'll admit it. I think it's a very humble thing to admit that nobody wants to talk to you. <clears throat> so I have a stack of e-persons that I can go to immediately. Dr. A, I have learning pains with a third child now a teenager. I didn't grow up with a dad, so everything I'm doing is first-hand learning. I have three other children. One is a priest. Wow. And the second, a daughter, who is doing her master's in mental health counseling. For both of these older kids, I wasn't very much involved or wise. <laughs> well, you must have been chasing career or something. With the third, I'm too involved, and I am a rookie. He's a great kid. This is the old, he's a great kid. He's intelligent, high grades, good sports, national bowler. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll see we got calls coming in. Well, let me try to get through this real quick. Uh, trying to help him understand to be disciplined more. You say, why? Well, I struggle myself to be disciplined. Okay, question is, how do I be a supportive dad without the necessary pre- unnecessary pressure. Well, if you think something is a legitimate expectation, um, then you support that and you enforce it. it. Says here, maybe I need to pay attention to him more. Well, it depends what kind of attention. You can love him a whole lot, but you don't have to be always complimenting every move he makes. He's asked to be trusted and given a chance to prove himself because he had the use of a cell phone because I took it away from him because he misused it. Any good books on parenting? <laughs> I knew I'd get to the line I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I just put out a teen book, uh, Dad. Uh, it's called Standing Strong. Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. All right. So, all right. Good one there, Sonny. Uh, Brenda is calling from Massachusetts. My brief, brief foray into humility is over because now calls came in already. Hi, Brenda. Hi. <laughs> okay, I heard you saying you were lonely, so I thought I'd give you this quick question. Thank if you. If a young child uh, um, wants to change the, their name and the parents go right along with calling them the name consistently, not just, you know, like nickname. I mean, telling everybody this is their new name. It seems to me that if the kid is feeling unsure of themselves, and that's just going to make it worse, but maybe I'm wrong. I just wanted your take on it. Well, Brenda, is that a change in name because it's uh, a, a mental change of Gender, or is this just change the name? No, because no, no not I, a gender, not a gender change. Just, a, okay. just another name. I just, well, my son did that, but he did it as an adult. Uh, and I had a a kid that I dealt with when I was uh, consulting to the schools. He didn't like the name. His name was uh, I forget. It was Howard or something, and he changed it to Jamie. He liked Jamie. Um, 
I, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of psychological meaning that would have, but I probably would be inclined to say, what's the purpose to change your name here? Well, I just think it's a cooler name. Well, it well, is. Sal is really young. I mean, like pre. Um, uh, oh, no. Before they can make their first communion. No, oh, then I would. That's just a, and, that's and, just a and little kid and impulse. They're in, and they're in therapy. Everybody's in therapy. So I, I, this is what I was thinking. Nah, that's just that's just a little kid impulse. I would say, you know what, honey, you have a very nice name, and we're going to stay with it for quite a while. When you're a grown up, okay. you you could decide to change your name. That's what I would do. But you know, yeah, you. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. But I just wondered what you, your. Well, I don't want to be called Ray anymore. I I don't know what I should think of. Um, I think a better name, something, something a little Spike. I mean, something like Spike, something a little more manly, you know. Rocky, Max, Leo. You know, manly sounding type names. Uh, Raymond, and uh, Raymond's kind of like Raymond. I don't know, but but I've lived with it. Brenda, thank you, honey, for the call. Thank you for having pity on me. And apparently, a whole bunch of people are having pity on me, too, because all of a sudden, all I had to say is the lines were open. You people just all call. Oh, gosh. All right, let me at least do what I can here. Um, yeah, let's, let's, is Lou ready? New Jersey? Okay, Liz, Lou's sisters are having a family feud. Uh, he's going to go visit them. And, oh, of course, they want Lou... To be an ally. The trouble is, uh, they both disagree on what makes a good ally. Hi, Lou. Hi, how are you, Doctor? How much pressure are you going to feel? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I haven't seen them in about four years. And I've been trying to help them out. And uh, it, one time I got in the middle and it blew up. A long distance, of course. Yeah. And now I said, listen, I'm coming. I'm coming for a vacation for a couple of days to see you guys since I haven't seen you. I really don't want to get in the middle of this and take sides or not take sides. And the the, the pushback I get is, but you're a deacon. <laughs> All the more reason why I shouldn't take sides. Exactly. That's what I'd say, Lou. You're going to have to stand your ground because they want the holy guy to side with them so that they can throw it into the face of the other yeah. sister. Even Deacon Lou says. I know. Uh you're going to have to you're going to have to be pretty firm about this and and get the pushback because if if they interpret you as being Switzerland, which is neutral, they might just decide, well, he doesn't want to side with me. What kind of brother is that? So be careful there, Lou. This is Dr. Ray. Seconds to go. Uh, those of you who didn't get through, sorry, but walk with God anyway, always. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.